Welcome to Talk Truth, a McGregor podcast where we dive into scripture, gain insight from community, and biblically answer life questions. Talk Truth will answer life questions submitted by our listeners every other week. If you have a question for Talk Truth, you could submit your questions on our website. I'm your host, Chloe Styling. Let's open the word, gather together, and talk some truth. has said before that this sounds like 70s elevator music so well, don't compare me to david miller like, i think i'm a little bit cooler than david miller <laughs> okay it says the guy that brings a slurpee actually that is the quintessential yeah. definition of cool let's get this on the camera here mm. you see this i will say though that i am not a 7-eleven gal though 7-eleven has better slurpees quality I'm a quantity kind of slurpy girl. I will go to circle K because if you have, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but for five 99 a month, you can get a membership. (laughs) I'm not kidding you. You know way too much about this. At circle K and you can get one drink out of any machine. You can get a polar pop. You can get a slurpy. You can get a hot chocolate. You can get a specialty coffee. The world is your oyster all for five 99 a month. Well, I don't like oysters, so I like uh, Slurpees. <laughs> I don't know what to say all that. What do you think is more like trashy, Circle K or 7-Eleven? <laughs> uh, I mean, it depends on the time of day. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So we just came off of GIC week, which is global impact celebration here at McGregor Baptist Church in Fort Myers, Florida. I am joined today by Jonathan Bowman, our minister to adults. Thank you so much for joining us on Talk Truth. I know that you've been on here at home before and you've shared your story on there, but just give us a, the Sparks Notes version of you, who you are. Spark Notes version. Um, Let's see. So um, Jonathan Bowman, MK, uh, missionary kid, preacher's kid, Um, grew up in Texas in the Caribbean. I am married to Jessica. We've been married for uh, 12 years going on 13 and I've got two kids. Uh, they're nine and seven. I've got a dog. We've been in Florida for what three. kind of dog. <laughs> he's like a mix, but he's really pretty. Like he, he's really pretty. He's like a German shepherd lab chow mix. Aww. So he's really pretty and he's the quietest dog in the world. Um, talking more about my dog than my family. Anyway, so I've got a dog, been in Florida for three months and, uh, yeah, we're enjoying it. So, um, what else do I need to talk about? What else do you want to know? Well, we're just going to answer this question. Okay. So the question is, how do we know if someone is called into ministry or how it, let's say that I feel called in ministry. How do I know? Because the, the reason why I wanted to do this episode, Jonathan, is because with a week like GIC week, we have a lot of fellowship and prayer for missionaries. And I think that for some people, they feel this draw to ministry maybe, Mm -hmm. um, because we, that's just the topic of a lot of conversation. And some people just wonder like, is God calling me to either go on the mission field or is he calling me to be a pastor or is he calling me to be in ministry in some capacity, whatever that is. And so I just felt like this would be a very helpful episode for maybe even one listener. If they're, if they 
happen to click on this episode. All right. Well, hopefully you got more than one listener. Um, <laughs> no, so there's not, I don't think there's an ABC programmatic answer to how do you know you're called to ministry. Sort of like, um, um, how do you know, well, kind of related to the whole salvation experience, right? Like there's a part of that, there's a part of that that's external that you can sort of witness and see. But there's also the part of that that's very internal, like your internal experience of the witness of the Holy Spirit. And ministry is sort of the same way. And just in my, you know, in my reading of Scripture and my personal experience, whatever that's worth, uh, we want to definitely go over Scripture over my experience. But, um, yeah, God doesn't call people to Himself uh, salvation to salvation in the same way. And so uh, I don't think God always calls people to ministry in the same way. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there are some ways, uh, just like if you're saved, you know you're saved. I think if you're called to ministry, you just kind of have an internal, um, you just know that you are. And mm. and there's probably, we could probably, I mean, there's definitely more signs of being called to ministry than that. But, you know, I guess I'm just trying to warn against a, a certain systematic sort of answer, right? It, I don't think God works that way. <clears throat> Sorry. I don't think the, not that God's not systematic, but I don't think God works that way. And I don't think that um, the Bible's that kind of a book, right? And so it's difficult for me to just uh, say, hey, yeah, I know you're called to ministry because, you know, it's, it's more convoluted than that. Hmm. So... How did you know that you were called into ministry? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so my dad was a pastor uh, growing up, and so was my mom. And actually, his dad was in ministry, and his granddad was in ministry. So it's like it kind of ran in the family. Like I had two uncles that were pastors. And um, yeah, I didn't want to—for that reason, I didn't want to be in ministry, right? I wanted to do other things. With my life, um, and also whenever your uh, family's in the ministry, you get to sort of see the bad uh, aspect of being in leadership um, at a church, right? So I remember several times there, there was one church where a lady called and I answered the phone, and there was like a conflict at church that was it was like a manufacturer manufactured type conflict. But you know, I answered the phone and she thought it was my mom. <laughs> you know, I was young, and uh, she just started like cussing me out right? Calling me all kinds of names and things like that. And so you just see things behind the scenes sometimes when you're growing up in that world where that's just kind of the last thing you want to do. Hmm. Like you would rather just, um, and I don't mean this in the way that it sounds necessarily, but you would rather just sort of attend, um, be a church attender than somebody who's an overseer or, um, you know, a deacon or more involved. Mm. So I didn't really want to be involved in ministry. And um, then I guess when I was about 15, I was on a prayer walk in uh, in the mission field in Barbados. And that was a really formative experience for me because, I mean, the whole time being in Barbados, probably like from 13 to 15 and a half, somewhere in there, um, because I was allowed to lead in church and probably in a way that I wouldn't be allowed to lead in an American church. Um, you know, like I led my own Sunday school class. Um, wow. Yeah. I led my own, um, I helped lead the student ministry when 
uh, missionary teams came down, like I would take a group and I would lead them on a prayer walk, you know, uh, VBS, like I would lead, you know, so I, I, I sort of, uh, you know, grew up with a little bit of a different church experience, but at the same time, like I knew, I saw people come to the mission field and even though I was young, I was old enough to realize that there were a few people that had come being called to missions and then within a year or two, they would just flame out, right? And I could tell that there was something different about my parents in that um, they just didn't approach it as a, a Christ, extra Christian thing to do to be in ministry. It wasn't a um, uh, job to be pursued to be in ministry. Like for them, it was just a real. There was just a real strong sense of 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 God's calling and. Um, anyway, so when I was about 13, I was leading, or 15, sorry, I was leading a, a, a team actually from Florida on a prayer walk. And that's the first time where I really felt the Lord telling me, like, I want to, I want you to, uh, sh- I guess, shepherd my people or be a pastor or be in ministry. Not a specific job comes to mind. Uh, I don't think whenever you feel called to ministry, when you're called to ministry, I think... Um, you're just willing to serve God, whatever, hmm. right? And kind of go wherever. Um, but I first started something that when I was 15. And then, um, you know, I've always been a, d- a deep questioner, uh, more of a, a deep thinker. I used to be really introverted, very contemplative. Still am a little bit introverted and contemplative, just not always up front at the church because... Otherwise, I wouldn't reach anybody. So I sort of, I don't trick anybody, but I just have to turn on a different part of myself when I'm Mm -hmm. up here. But um, yeah, so I thank God because I am so critical of myself and other things. Um, He really worked with me for the next three years. And I was just like, you know, God, if you really want me to do ministry, just make it super obvious to me. And again, I don't think everybody's that way. I think there's some people that are more... um, hey, God's given this desire to me, it's from the Lord, and so I'm going to go do this, right? And that can still be a calling to ministry. But for me, I needed something that was more, um, I don't think the Lord the Lord knew that I needed something that, that was more certain. So I just had this night where I was at church, and I was um, a senior in high school, and I was supposed to sing a special. I didn't want to do it because I was under conviction that I needed to accept this calling. And... Um, so I sang this really old hymn called In the Garden. It's a really <gasps> That's old my favorite hymn. hymn in the whole wide world. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. So <laughs> so I sang the first hymn, or the first verse, and part of the second verse, and then I, uh, you know, I could just tell the Lord was speaking to me, so I couldn't sing anymore. And so there's a line, like, he bids me go, there's voice of woe, and I stopped. And then the congregation sang, like, his voice to me is calling. And they finished up the song for me. And so for me, it was just this really obvious moment in time where God was saying sort of through his people that he wanted Mm. me to serve his people. And like, I just, I knew, like I knew that was the time where God was calling me to serve his people. Like I couldn't doubt it. There's not been a point in my life where I've looked back and thought, maybe you um, imagine that, or maybe that was a super self-manufactured mystical experience 
like it's just uh, something that's anchored me. But when I talk to other people in ministry, like their calling is not like a, you know, this, it's sort of like when people come to faith in Christ. Some people have this overwhelming moment, and some people, like God draws them uh, slowly, and they're like, oh, I'm a Christian, <laughs> you know? So there's other ways that God calls people to ministry too, where I think it's very uh, slow, and He just directs and orients their life to where they find themselves in, in ministry, and that's exactly where they need to be. So I, you know, so so my experience is different than I know a lot of other uh, experiences that I've heard about, read about, or you know, or that you see, and I think even you know that you see in the Bible. So I, again, that's why I think this question is very difficult, and mm-hmm. and it's um, you know, so the person concerned with with whether or not they feel a call to ministry, yeah, I mean, it can be tough to navigate through. Yeah. What are some warning signs that you have seen maybe people that you know go through that maybe they shouldn't go into ministry, though they think they feel called? Yeah, well, so I I remember uh, probably my late teens, early 20s, people go through a lot of uh, truth searching, you know, life searching at that stage of their life. It's completely normal. of course, at the time, you don't realize that. You think you're the first one ever. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so there were a lot of other uh, young men and young women that uh, expressed the same call to ministry and that I witnessed through um, high school and through college. But, you know, it, it just kind of flames out in them, and they end up doing something else with their life. And it's not because they were ever in ministry and it was difficult and they gave up or whatever. And I don't even think it's because they were being rebellious. But I think sometimes uh, if we're not careful, we can interpret a deep desire to serve the Lord, which every Christian should have. Mm. You know, because there's just, at one sense, this is a t- difficult question too, because every Christian's called to ministry, right? But if you're talking of elders, um, deacons, you know, and I guess those are the main two offices, like, then that's that's, um, you know, that of course can be a little bit different. So, so you sort of see, so I sort of warn people, like if you just feel called to minister, um, that can be difficult. Yeah. Um, but I think you're, and it sounds maybe trite to say, but your life will bear that out eventually. Some warning signs I see, (laughs) it's sort of like, um, so I, I run, well, I'm beginning to run more and more uh, grow groups here, right? So people that want to be on stage, right? I mean, that's an obvious warning sign, I think. Um, you know, so for example, if I had somebody come up to me and say, hey, I really want to teach a class, right? And I've, I've never met them. They're new at the church. Nobody knows who they are. Like, I would be very just cautious about that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so the same way, like um, people, w- when they're almost over eager to be in ministry, I guess. So, like from my uh, young past experience, so people would come. Um, well, Jessica's going to get me for this one, but it's the truth. So, like sometimes girls would be like, "Hey, I want to be a pastor's wife," and that would always just, that yeah, that would always just freak me out because <laughs> I'd be like, I don't really see in the Bible where. There's like a calling to be a pastor's wife, right? Like you can, um, 
You mean but, girls can't really get their MRS degree? <laughs> no, they can, but but the, but it's just there was an over eagerness, right? And yeah. it almost was like, That's hey, so I real. just want, I just want, <laughs> yeah, I just want to be upfront. I want sort of the notoriety that can go along with ministry. And to me, uh, you know, people that really know anything about ministry know there's no real notoriety in it. I don't think, at least if you have, I mean, there can be. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> Platforms and all that kind of stuff, maybe. But but there's no real notoriety in it, and it and it's more about a passion. It's just something like you couldn't imagine. You know, God's called you, and you just couldn't imagine yourself doing anything else. So, people that want to be upfront, um, people that I think people that really want to, and I'm not knocking your podcast because I don't think you're doing this. It's a very genuine place for you. But people that just want to elevate their platform, like I watch out for those people because mm-hmm. uh, churches can be great places to do that. You know, yeah. Um, if, if you, you love like playing music, and then all of a sudden you want to be a worship pastor, even like yeah, and you're you really good at it. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're really good at it, and you can do camps and you can do retreats, and um, you're never, you know, Lord may never really. You're just good at music, and so you find yourself in that area. Mm-hmm. But it's not like you have a godly heart for that thing. That's such a huge responsibility to bear too, to stand before God. Like, I think you have to wrestle with, I'm going to stand before God and vouch for the work that I did. Like, I mean, yes, you're covered by the blood of Christ. That's not what I'm talking about. But if you're called to stewardship or to steward a group of people and to shepherd a group of people, that is a much higher responsibility that you are bearing um, than just the average lay person. Right. And, you know, you might have a great gift of teaching or communication, but that doesn't mean that you're called to be an overseer. So, so warning signs are just like, uh, pride. Um, you can sort of tell, uh, that it's a job, right. Uh, trying to, uh, ladder climb, uh, guys that go to conferences and they're just all about, uh, networking, uh, you know, um, like I've been to conferences and been a small church pastor and, um, you go there and people find out, they're like, Oh, you're a pastor where? And you tell them and they're like, okay. And they just go on to try to find somebody else who's like pastor at a bigger church because mm. they're networking. Right. But then I've also had been around mega church pastors cause I've been in that area before who, um, you would never know that they were, and they don't even ask you about like the size of your church or anything, they're just in it for the Lord. And you bond over that, right? Because you're just in it for the Lord. It's not about platforming, networking, growth, or anything like that. So, um, you know, so I think being very, you know, being very humble um, is a is a sign. So the opposite of that would be pride. People that are greedy, uh, trying to find ways to uh, make money, um, I think anything that contradicts God's word, basically right. what, what God re- requires of an elder. I mean, if you're, I have to be careful in saying that though, because not everybody who's called into ministry is necessarily called to be an elder per se. Like you could work at um, like a parachurch or something like that. Right. Um, and so those don't necessarily require the office of elder. Right. But if you have a lot of issues that like line up in, like in first Timothy three, mm-hmm. one through 13, it says that um, an elder should be blameless, a husband of one wife, 
temperate, sober-minded, have good behavior, be hospitable, teachable. Um, he shouldn't be a drunk. He shouldn't be violent. He shouldn't be greedy. Um, he should be gentle. He should not be quarrelsome. He should not be covetous. There's more that are listed there. But if you, I think if you have like a lot of those issues in your life and you'd like look at your life and you're saying like, oh, well, I, I'm okay. Like I, I can shepherd people, but like, you're not, your sin in your life is just very evident and you're not repentant of it, then that should be a huge warning sign. Yeah. And I think the repentant aspect is a big deal, right? Mm -hmm. Because I mean, um, I've, you know, we're, we're never going to have like perfect pastors (laughs) and which is why they're supposed to be in groups. Um, we're not going to have like, we're just not going to be perfect people as Christians, which we could be, but we're not. Um, so, but again, like repentance is this heart of being willing to be submissive, right? Submit to the Lord, um, and a lot of a lot of sins require repentance to specific people, and that requires humility. So, anything that to me, I think that smacks of pride, arrogance, ladder climbing, desiring fame, wanting to make your name known, um, you know, those just can be warning signs that. Uh, maybe you're not in it for the for the right reasons, mm-hmm. or if you think you're going to get those things out of ministry, right? Um, then you're not in it for the right reasons. Yeah, you know, I had a friend once who expressed a call to ministry, and I had a conversation with him about where I was serving. And again, I was at some smaller places, and not that, and it doesn't matter. I mean, the typical church in America is like under 100 people, and a lot of guys I don't think get that right. They think. If you're around a bunch of ministry guys, they think, hey, I'm going to graduate seminary and I'm going to go to this huge mega church because they're going to want me because I'm awesome, right? And that's like, uh, that's even, that's just antithetical to who Jesus was, right? Mm. It's not like when Jesus uh, left the earth, he had a bestseller in multiple campuses everywhere. I mean, you know, um, extra biblical stuff on him that we do have is kind of quiet because he just was. he will, you know, except for the Gospels and other early Christian artifacts, writings, I call them artifacts sometimes because they are earliest artifacts. But outside of those documents, it's not like he was well known throughout the entire Roman world mm-hmm. when he died, right? And you see some people that just that's their motivation or they think they're going to get that. And so I was having a conversation with my friend. He's asking me where I served. He's like, why do you serve there? I said, because God called me to. Well, I could never serve at a place like that. Well, then that's a red flag to me, hmm. right? I mean, if God is really calling you to to minister and to serve Him, then you have to be willing to go wherever He wants you to go, uh, when He wants you to go. Like, you can't set boundaries. Like, I'm only going to serve in the state of Texas. <laughs> I'm only going to serve in the United States. Yeah. I'm only going to—you can't do that. Like, um if anything, God will just expose that in you and break it and right. call you where you don't want to go. Right, and you really shouldn't even, I mean, again, a lot. I'll, that's where First Timothy is tough as well, because really what First Timothy is describing is just somebody who's a good, who is, who is a Christian. It's just normal Christian behavior, like that you don't act this way, mm. right? So First Timothy is laying out some guidelines of external character things that you can that maybe we can use externally to gauge somebody and yeah. rule them out. Like affirm yeah. their calling. We can affirm them or rule them out based on those things. But it, but again, that's that's where the discussion ministry is difficult because really any Christian should be should be willing to go anywhere that God calls them to. Mm-hmm. You know, any Christian should not 
want to be greedy. Any Christian should have control of their temper. Any Christian should be faithful to their spouse. You know, these, these are things that every Christian should do. So, um, so that's where it gets a little bit tricky because really, I think, at least when it comes to uh, overseeing, uh, bishoping, um, though, or being a deacon, those things are gifts to the church through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that, and that's something that's, again, internal to the person. And that's traditionally, I think, while we have ordination, you know, the laying on of hands we had at our last member meeting, uh, because um, we have, we call upon a group of people like the church to confirm these externally, to confirm this gifting externally after they've witnessed it in this person, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of somebody just saying, well, I know God's called me to do it, and I don't care what y'all say. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it hinges so much on prayer, which is really interesting. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it hinges on prayer. If it, But I love how In the Garden was this the song that God kind of like confirmed that to you with, because the whole song is about prayer. Like, I come to the garden alone while the dew is still on the roses. Mm-hmm. And the joy I hear falling on my ear, the son of God discloses. And so God is speaking to the hymn writer through prayer, you know, and and there's like a, a call and a response in prayer. Um, and so it's cool that I was just thinking about how like it's, if, if you are listening to this podcast and you are wondering if like you are the one being, one being called into ministry, have, are you praying about it? And like, is, are, are you, I mean, there's not necessarily going to be signs like we've been talking about. The word is greater than our experiences. Um, but are your even conversations with your pastors like affirming and, 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 and testifying to what you have heard from God and prayer. Um, and that, that should be like a huge warning sign, like yes yeah. or no, you know, or if you're not even praying about it, you know, like, I, I think that it should bring you to your knees in prayer. Um, yeah, and I think, the, again, the community of the church shares a very large role in that. And if mm-hmm. you look at the New Testament, they do. Um, when they look for uh, uh, the replacement uh, apostles, right? Mm, yeah. They look for guys that are showing signs uh, of uh, having, uh, you know, having those gifts of the Holy Spirit in them, and then they acknowledge that as a community, right? So... So I, there have been a so I was a student pastor for over a decade, and there have been a couple of students that I thought were sure called to ministry, right? Just because they were great, believing young students. But um, you know, you give them so w- one uh, young person, I gave them uh, the responsibility of leading worship because I thought, well, this person's going to be called to. Well, after a few times of doing it, that just wasn't. They weren't ever comfortable, right? They always felt showy. They never felt that they were genuinely being led by the Lord to do those things. And mm-hmm. then I've had another young man um, who I felt, and I don't just think in these terms, but these are just examples, a couple of, a couple of good examples. But I've had a, another young man that I believe was called to ministry, and um, I had him teach a few times and just kind of pray about it and see if he sensed. And, you know, and he's since then gone on and he's fallen the Lord in ministry. And then sometimes as a youth pastor, I had kids that I thought, man, I don't even know if you're saved. And they turn, you know, God, God works in their life and they end up following the Lord in ministry. So you just never, 
it's, it's, again, it's a tough question, but for sure prayer ought to be a part of it and uh, a community of believers ought to be a part of it. I think we see that for sure in in the New Testament at least because mm. they're going to affirm God's gifting on you. Um, and I think that's that's crucial too. Yeah, I agree. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for spending your time with us and sharing your wisdom and your experiences. To our listeners, thank you so much for spending your time with us on this special GIC Talk Truth episode. Um, if you haven't checked us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, be sure to head to our different social media websites. And if you have not listen to any of our other McGregor podcast channels, go ahead and check those out as well. To our listeners, get ready for season two of Talk Truth. And if you have a question for Talk Truth, you can go ahead and submit it already. We'd love to hear from you. So please um, submit us your questions and even write us a review however you're listening to this. Thank you for listening and remember to talk truth.